This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet. We'll recap UFC 255, Figueredo vs. Perez, hit you with our segments, Isn't He Awesome, and Real World Callouts, discuss the news this week in MMA, and last but not least, preview UFC on ESPN 18, Blades vs. Lewis. Here we go. Here we go. JLT Podcast, episode 36. I was Ryan on the intro. I'm Alex. We're going to recap UFC 255, figure rate over Perez. Preview Black Beast Fight Week. We got Black Beast, Curtis Blades, a few other good fights on the card. Um, we got some news. Um, we got our... What am I forgetting here? We got news. We got call-outs. We got everything. So, um, but first, we'll start, as we always do, with our take of the week. So, Ryan, start us with your take. Uh, all right. Um, take of the week, which isn't that much of a hot take at all. I think it's pretty much true. But Mike Perry, Platinum. We are a Platinum podcast, but um, he's, he, he's on a downward spiral that's uh, it's going nowhere good fast. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it without a doubt, there's no more is it an act. Um, I mean, I never thought it was an act, but there was a lot of talk that maybe it's an act. It's for for the views you know it's it's for the entertainment purposes and whatnot but it's clearly not this guy's out of his mind and uh he's he's unraveling if he wasn't unraveling before i mean at least he was unraveling unraveling in his personal life this whole time but it hadn't affected him in the octagon really but now it's affecting him in the octagon he's off weight he missed weight by five and a half pounds he he looked like shit he did not look like he was in shape at all during the fight and uh and yeah, and it was um, wasn't a great performance. I mean, it he had flashes of of you know classic platinum Perry in there, but he just couldn't do it for more than thirty seconds at a time, and really just had to sit there and get jabbed in the face over and over again to kind of conserve his gas tank for most of the fight. So, yeah, I think it's uh, Mike Perry, the platinum uh, platinum podcast. He he needs a, a reality check and needs to uh, get his shit together. Yeah, I I agree 100%. I was I was considering dropping him from the podcast, but I think I think he's on thin ice, but I think we're I think we uh, if you're good with this, I think we're just going to extend a final warning. But you're 100% right. Um this is not an act and it's finally catching up with him is the problem. And let me be, go on record here. This thing these things never happened under Platinum Princess. So I'll, if we're going to give uh Latoria Gonzalez all the credit for his first win, with her in the corner, she's got to take the heat for the first loss with her in the corner, and this was a bad loss. Oh, really bad. And she didn't she didn't keep she didn't bring him in on weight, so that's another strike. Never this never happened with Platinum Princess. He never had a problem making weight, um, and then it just seems like everything's going downhill. Like you said, um, whatever's going on has finally caught up with him. I don't know if he thought it would never would. Uh, still an entertaining guy, but yeah, this is, uh, he's on thin ice and he's, I mean, a lot of people are rooting for him to fail, which kind of sucks that he kind of gave him more fuel to the fire, but this was a bad loss. Not because Tim Means isn't a good fighter, but because nobody real, a lot of people don't know who Tim Means is. And, um, he seems like he's on the backside of his career big time. So to lose to him is kind of like a, I mean, 
if he fought Robbie Lawler, he still probably would have won because Robbie Lawler can't punch. But he happened to fight a guy who's about one, what, 20th of the one one hundredth of the popularity of Robbie Lawler, but just happened to be better at this point in their both of their careers. So, yeah, yeah. and by no means is Tim Means a world beater. It's it's a fight that no. was set up for Platinum Perry to win, and the fact that he couldn't beat him, it, it just goes to show he's 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 out of it. And um, I mean, there's still a chance he could turn around, but I, I don't think so. I mean, the UFC is literally making fights for him, giving him the best opportunity possible. Their matchmaking is. Let's let's try and get Platinum Perry a win. Like, look at the people they've matched him up with as of late. Um, he's not fighting anybody he shouldn't be able to beat. They're giving him about the easiest matchups they can possibly give him, and and now he's managing to lose against guys like Tim Means. So yeah, uh, it's not not looking good. Cause I mean, I don't know who else he can. There's not many more cans left. They've been they've been handing him a bunch of a bunch of cans as of recently. So I mean, there's not a ton of cans on the roster. I mean. Mickey Gall, that was a fight set up for him to win. Um, yeah, I, that was a fight for him set up to knock him out, and he didn't knock him out. When was his last good knockout? Because that's what we—that's what we knew him for. I mean, it, you got to go back to 2018, uh, or no, not even, not even 2018. Right? 2000, 2017, he knocked out Alex Reyes. Yeah, a minute and before that, one. he knocked out Jake Ellenberger. He was just on a knockout streak. But since then, man, he's, I mean, he, well, it, great fight against Paul Felder. Paul Felder came up and fought him. Um, too much too soon with Donald Cerrone. He just took him to the ground and armbarred him. Alex Oliveira, another good fight. Vicente Luque, another good fight. That was probably one of the best fights of Platinum Perry's career. Two weeks before he got married to Platinum Princess and probably about three weeks before he got divorced from her. Then he comes back, loses Jeff Neal, barely beats Mickey Gall, or I mean, he he beat Mickey Gall, soundly beats Mickey Gall, but not not like he should have. And then now he's losing to um, Tim Means. So the slide is losing to Tim Means. Where, where before was, uh, most of his losses were against I was trying to think of spider, fighter stocks. His losses, he's got yeah. Tim Means. He got yeah. Most of his losses before this were against against good opponents. Um, he hadn't really lost to anybody like like Tim Means. He usually had won every every matchup they get they'd given him that was yeah. a gimme uh and this is his first time kind of dropping one that he should have won well bad loss to max griffin but that was it everything else yeah. was everything else was i mean that fight with vicente Luque was like a classic and i thought platinum perry won and i was trying not to be biased i might have been but trying not to be jeff neal okay you ran into a, a guy that just is an absolute sledgehammer um that happens no one ever said Platinum Perry was going to go undefeated, but this was just a bad, bad fight. And um, his slide is just, like you said, it's it's just finally caught up with him, I think, is the reality of the whole situation. Yeah, I mean, he looked he looked out like really out of shape, too. He came in five and a half pounds overweight, but it wasn't like he was in shape and just missing it. He, he, looked, mm-hmm. he looked like he hasn't been working out that much. Like he's usually shredded yeah. and like he had a little bit of a stomach on him and stuff. Yeah, the best he ever looked was his last fight against Mickey Gall, I thought. Physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just tried yeah. to coast. He tried to coast it. So maybe he hasn't been sliding as long as we thought. Maybe that's all it takes is a slide like this. But, yeah, I mean, it's a hard day. If you want to be at the Pat and Perry podcast during the good days, though, you got to at least stick it out for some of the bad days. So maybe we'll give him one more shot. 
Yeah, I'm I'm all right with that. But this is strike one against the Tory, and uh, so <laughs> we got to we got to keep that in mind. Platinum Princess got him through a lot of fights, so um, strike one against her. So um, hopefully he turns it around. All right, my take of the week is sort of again. I've been wishy washy on takes of the week, and I'm kind of being wishy washy again. But ESPN MMA dropped the newest and improvedest thing to argue about today. And quite frankly, I love it. It's the ESPN MMA p- official power rankings. Have you seen this? No. All right, pull this up real quick. I'll give you a quick intro. So ESPN, ESPN MMA, which is kind of start, starting to finally to kind of take the lead on. It took them a while to get used to. Uh, took ESPN a while to kind of grow into this uh, MMA scene a little bit. But they got the, they introduced a new ranking system that is has criteria based off of more than just pound for pound. So what they're doing now is they have a power ranking system that is based on success, momentum, and star power. And their top 10 right now, they got Israel Adesanya as number one, Khabib number two, Conor McGregor number three, John Jones number four, Amanda Nunes number five, Stipe number six, Kamaru Usman number seven, Valentina Shevchenko number eight, Kazmat Chemaev number nine, Davison Figueredo number 10. Now, there's a lot going into this, and apparently they, they have complete breakdowns of this on their site. But this is like adding another – this is like – this is 3D chess turning into 4D chess. Like now we're factoring in success, momentum, and star power. So it's – this is – I don't. I, this is like uh, – this is the new – the new uh, this will be the new argument that will take it to a whole new level, in my opinion. And I actually like it a lot. So – I think if we're being real, I still think Conor McGregor would be number one, let's be honest, but I don't mind Adesanya being number one, If you, I guess when you factor in momentum, Khabib being number two. Um, surprise, Jorge Masvidal didn't make the list. Maybe ESPN kicked him to the curb when he did all the MAGA stuff. I'm not sure, but um, this this is just a whole new ball game from, uh, from going from pound for pound, which is a little easier to navigate to, this is just wide open. This is just pick your favorite fighter. Yeah, and I mean, I think the top five are are on point. After that, yeah, it, I think it it's a pretty a little, good list. Yeah, I think it's really good. I mean, maybe yeah, top six, Stipe, then seven, Camaro. Yeah, I mean, eight, Valentina. I don't, I don't know about that. Um, it, the star power. I don't know if that's there really. Yeah, uh, well, but definitely Camaro, momentum. I think Stipe has grinded his way up this. I think Stipe belongs at number six. I think he's grinded his way up here. I don't know about Kamara Usman being up here. I mean, I feel like Jorge Masvidal is still bigger than Kamara Usman, but maybe the momentum, I don't know. There's always going to be a backdoor way to check your check your check back up your own arguments, but I actually, I like, yeah. I like this. Kamzak coming in at number nine. I like, I yeah. like somebody like a young guy, like new, relatively newcomer getting in there. Yeah. The star is hot. The, the fire is hot. Yeah. He's got, he's got the momentum. That's for sure. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think it will be interesting to watch guys who don't have the resume crack this list. Because to me, this list, this is like the money list. Who's making money is what I feel like this list is based off of. Momentum, star power, and success. So who's making the most money at a given time? Now, it doesn't mean they're all fighting the biggest money fights, but it probably means they're the biggest, like probably signing the most sponsorships, probably getting the most UFC promo. So... To me, this list is better than arguing like Demetrius Johnson's number one and whatever, whoever's number two, whatever. This is like this this list to me is a 
I think it's going to be a more interesting argument. I actually think there's more rel- relativeness to it, and uh, I think it opens the door for a lot more entertaining debates. But I just like I just think they did it to like I, they did it for content. I think I think they did it to uh, to get the comment section going wild. So I'm a big fan of it. It's not really my hot take. My hot take is that I'm a big fan of it. And I think it's awesome. But it's more of ESPN's new hot take, and I think it was a great move by them. And I don't yeah, compliment agreed. them very often. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I'm more I'm more I excited hope- to see this list come out every week or every month than I am the pound for pound list now. Yeah, agreed. I, I like I like that they're trying new stuff, and I hope they they do more stuff like that. You know, get yeah, the sport yeah, maybe no. some a little more, more talked about and whatnot. Yeah, and I mean it's interesting. How high can Kamzat Chemayev go? I mean, you see the C next to all the champions' names, but. If he beats Leon Edwards, does he jump? I mean, it's just kind of a, it's hard. It's going to be an interesting, uh, an interesting, uh, interesting debates. And so Davidson Figueredo making the list is pretty cool though. I like that. I don't, th- I don't know. Yeah, if, that was I don't know if win. Demetrius Johnson would have ever been on the list. <laughs> I yeah, I ever. feel like they would have had to put him in when he was at champion and whatnot, but. I'm sure they would have at least included him at like number 10 or something. Yeah, he probably would have been in the exact same spot. But anyways, pretty cool. Kind of a uh, a little bit of a game changer. I think that's one of the things that I've been saying since the beginning is like something that ESPN brings to the table that like a lot of other promotion or a lot of other um, companies couldn't probably not even Fox couldn't really do. They just have such a such a marketing budget and so much more to work with. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a great move. I'm looking forward to it going forward. So replaces the pound for pound for me. Yep. Yeah. I agree. All right. All right. From there, we'll move on to our we- our weekly recap. We got a re- we'll recap UFC 255, Figueredo versus Perez. Um, overall, I'd say it was a decent card. I think a lot of people were probably disappointed with the main events, but um. I don't know how much we learned from them. We'll get to that. We'll start at the bottom of the card, though. Luis, Luis Cosi versus uh, Sasha Plat, Palatnikovav. Sorry, I can't ever talk, but um, biggest favorite on the card, Luis, Luis Cosi coming off of a Dana White contender series with his brother. They both won. I think he was like 5-2, and two, or no, 7-0 and oh with five knockouts, two submissions. Fight had never gone the distance. Biggest favorite on the card, minus 570. Things seem to be lining up for him, and he ran out of gas. Is that correct? I missed this fight, by yeah. the way. Disclaimer, yeah, I was I... at a wedding, watching it on my phone, no sound, on and off. Having a great time at the wedding, not really uh, paying too much attention to some of these, so um, you'll have to carry some of these in the recap here. But um, Yeah, so uh, this one basically um... – Kosi, he he just completely dominated the first three and a half minutes, three minutes or so of this fight. Um, within a few minutes, it looked like he was about to get the finish. He uh, he was laying down ground and pound, and um, Platnikov really didn't have any answer. It looked like it was about to get stopped. Um, a lot of people were probably saying like, "Stop the fight, stop the fight," you know. But this is why we don't stop stop fights early. Um, they weren't super damaging shots that Platnikov was able to to take them and keep going and then Kosi just completely emptied his gas tank and was completely get gassed about three and a half minutes into round one um at and then he almost got finished pretty much saved by the bell at the end of the first round Kosi um and uh 
for second round starts and Kosey just shoots a takedown immediately, just dives for a leg and, um, and uh, Pletnikov easily defends it. And Kosey just kind of lays there for like, like on his stomach almost like after the shot was unsuccessful. And it almost looked like he was just laying there and thinking about just, just not getting up and just letting uh Palatnikov finish him right there. But he gets up, he hits Palatnikov in the nuts and uh, Palatnikov takes a while when I'm like, you can't give him uh, any time here. Like you need to just keep going and fight through it. But he gives him time. It was enough for Kosi to kind of get a little bit of win back. And then they go back and forth for the rest of the second round. Um, and uh, then in the third round, it was kind of going back and forth until, uh, Platnikov was able to uh to get the finish uh in in the third round so it, it was a really good fight back and forth and uh yeah it, it was it was a good fight it was a good way to start off the night wow I did not realize all that that much went on I was that one I was watching the uh checking the stats on it I didn't even have the stream up yet so wow that was a sounds like that was a banger so Kosi was pretty highly regarded coming into this fight but it sounds like it sounds like he lost, maybe not, but not. It doesn't sound like it was a like a damaging loss. Being the biggest favorite on the card and losing is never a good thing. But it sounds like it was more of a he's got potential. He just got to figure stuff out situation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think he definitely has potential. Um, that Platnikov is tough, and uh, and go see once you once you empty your gas tank that early, it's tough to uh, win the fight. But he stayed in it. Uh, it looked like it was at the beginning of the second round I'm like it's just a matter of time till this is over but then it you know in the second round about halfway through it I'm like all right he might win this fight after he, he kind of got back with it he started throwing some good shots he might have stunned Platnikov even once uh but yeah so it was pretty back and forth and uh, a good fight and a good reason why you always say don't stop it early one more punch don't is stop okay. it early one punch yep. late is better than one punch early that's what like I say all right, this one, did, the next fight we're going to cover did probably went a few punches too long, but that's okay. Joaquin Buckley versus Jordan Wright. The UFC was looking jo, jo, Joaquin Buckley. He's got to be. Uh, he might be in that top twenty power rankings on the UFC right now. I'm off one knockout alone, maybe top fifteen. Um, they were looking to get him another highlight reel knockout. They handpicked Jordan Beverly Hills Ninja Wright. Um, tough guy. Not not the skill set to hang with Joaquin Buckley. Um, he ended up putting him away in the second round. Killed me. I had a first-round knockout prop on Buckley. I don't know why I get that greedy, but I did. But um, put him away with a pretty vicious combo. Looked pretty good. Um, like I said, Jordan Wright, t- tougher than I've given him credit for. That's twice I've underestimated him. But I knew everyone knew going into this and that, that Joaquin Buckley's a guy that's going to stand and bang, especially from close range, and that was going to be uh, – Jordan Wright's um, kryptonite. So, um, great knockout. I think they got what they wanted here. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Good knockout. JLT knockout of the night. Not the knockout of the year again, but uh, it's tough to do that. You know, I, I doubt he'll be able to top that last one. You know, it's prob- possibly the knockout of all t- best knockout of all time. So, uh, but yeah, a good knockout nonetheless. I, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it seems like he's, uh, he's on his way up uh, and we'll see, uh, if he gets this uh, this fight he's looking for versus uh, James Krause, but uh, oh. I'll definitely be tuning in. Yeah, we'll save that for our news section, but I, I forgot about all that heat. 
There is heat building. So, yeah, Joaquin Buckley settling in nicely to his role, considering we didn't even know who he was in the summertime, and he showed up to fight Kevin Holland on super short notice. I remember both of us were like, man, that guy's built like a fire hydrant, throws heat, got knocked out in that fight, but he looked fine. I mean, he looked he looked tough as nails in the fight, other than I remember he was breathing so loud. But um, Kevin Holland is another one that's on the rise. But, yeah, I mean, he's come a long way. And a lot of it had to do with one one spin kick knockout of the year. So um, Joaquin Buckley, continues, stock continues to rise. We haven't done stocks in a while, but his stock is definitely on the way up. Um, next up, Brandon Moreno versus Brandon Royval. Our boy Raw Dog, um, tough fight, tough kid. Shoulder came out of the socket on the ground midway through one of the round two, maybe was it around? Yeah, I think it was round two. I think it was round two. Yeah, um, I thought he was hurt or something. I thought he was not hurt. He was hurt. I thought he had. I thought he got clipped or something. The way he was, because he was like grabbing his own wrist. I thought he looked like he was trying to like control the wrist. Ref stops it, and he's still, like, he's rolling with the ref. And I'm like, man, is he – did he get hurt? No, his shoulder was out of the socket, and he was literally trying to put it back in the socket during the fight, which is pretty crazy. Looks like something that probably happens to him regularly. Some of these guys have those issues, but tough loss for him. But Brandon Moreno looked pretty good in this fight. Yeah, Moreno looked good. Raw dog, uh, Moreno was just a little bit too much, too quick for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see the fight go on a little longer. Correction there, it was round one. It was the end of round one that it got stopped. One second left uh, oh, wow. in round one, it got stopped. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he makes it one more second, I think they might put that shoulder back in in the corner, and uh, you know, they might he might possibly go on to keep fighting. But who he knows? Try, yeah. Um, that it was a good stoppage regardless. That uh, you know, he was uh, clearly in pain. Um, so yeah, I mean, Moreno, he's uh. Looks like he has the uh, next title shot if they don't rebook that uh, Cody Garbrandt fight. Yeah, it sounds it sounds promising at this moment in time. Um, yeah, looking forward to Raw Dog coming back and fighting again. Always fun to watch, but tough uh, tough break for him. But I mean, not much you can not much you can do there. Um, next up, Mauricio Shogun Hula versus Paul Craig. This was a rematch of a fight that ended in a draw a couple years ago. Um. Paul Craig minus 200 coming into the fight, closing and Shogun plus 170. This fight ended up being a TKO win for Paul Craig. I wasn't sure if it was submission, TKO, TKO. Well, submission by strikes, I mean. That's what I was trying to say. Um, but he looked a yeah. lot better. Yep. Yeah, go ahead. He, go he ahead. looked a lot better. Um, and uh, he had some funny business going on, but um, ended up finishing the fight there. Yeah, yeah, Shogun tapped to strikes um, despite his best efforts to get in uh, Paul Craig to uh, tap by oil check there. Um, I, I'm, I'm, not surpri- I'm surprised more people don't do that. Uh, I think it's probably a good way to get, get in your opponent's head there. Just slip them the little oil check and uh, they might get off their game, you know? You don't see, yeah, you don't see a lot of oil checks and not from this position. That was just a straight up reach around. <laughs> um, I'm looking at a picture of it right now. He was knuckles deep. Yeah, and it, yeah, to reach around like that, it's like he must, he intentionally did it. It wasn't just something that, oh, you know, here's a good opportunity to do it. Like he, he went out of his way to do that. Yeah, he was, he was a few knuckles deep in there. Um, probably surprised him a little. Maybe it woke him up some. Maybe he's like, I got to finish this fight or who knows what's next. <laughs> jerking me off by the end of the next round. Um, 
he was just warming up a little foreplay. But yeah, uh, what do you think's next for Shogun Hua? I think he should probably. I it's easy to say this guy should be done, especially when fighting's their life. Maybe they don't really have haven't thought of other options. But Shogun is a former champion, super popular in Brazil. Um, he's got to be. I would think he's probably got to be pretty financially set. Um, so in, the, in that case, I would say I don't think I have any interest in seeing him fight again. He just seems so much slower, and you don't like seeing these old guys get beat up like that. Yeah, it's it's time for Shogun to hang it up. Um, I mean he he had that uh, he had that run going on, and and you know even though most people probably thought, me included, that he should be hanging it up a long time ago, he was. He was winning consistently. It it looks like his days of of winning consistently are, excuse me. It looks like his days of winning consistently are behind him. So, um, yeah, I think it's uh it's time to to hang it up for sure. And um, you know, he he's had a, a really good career, so there's nothing to uh hang his hat on. And uh, yeah, definitely time to uh, call it quits, though. Yeah, I just think yep, that's just another one that it's like make room for another guy. You fought a lot of fights. Um, you don't need to take beatings like that. But next up, we already talked about this one a little bit. We are utterly disappointed, somewhat heartbroken, but Paul, uh, Tim Means versus Mike Perry. This was a bummer to see Mike Platinum Perry come out and just lay an egg. Not that this fight wasn't without his moments, not that he didn't look all right at times, but started off terrible, missing weight by quite a significant amount. Um, his head's just not in the right place. Um, in fact, his heads are in the wrong place. It's right at the end of um, Tim Means' jab over and over and over and over and over. He was almost he was almost dodging air to make sure he got stuck with the jab. So, um, right. He just got he got jabbed up. It's you see it all the time. Um, you see guys get ja- just jabbed up, and when you can't get out of the way of the jab, it just you get lit up by that jab, and then you're just it's open season for everything else and. It wasn't like he wasn't coming forward. It wasn't like he doesn't fight. He just didn't look good. Timing, terrible. Um, technique, terrible. Gas tank, not great. Like you said, he, this is the worst physical shape we've seen him in. Um, not good. Not good, but great win for Tim Means. Um, he's he, he's a pretty cool dude, so can't be too disappointed in him getting a, a victory. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it looked like Mike Perry didn't train. Looked like he didn't train at all. He didn't have any sort of fight camp whatsoever. Uh, the last fight he came in and he showed up and he looked like he was training. He looked like he, he was in shape. He looked like he was, uh, you know, had a fight camp. He looked like he just showed up to cash a check and that was it this time. Um, yeah, like you said, his timing was off. It didn't look like he was doing any sparring. It didn't look like he was getting ready for this fight at all. It didn't look like he was, you know, running or doing any type of conditioning or anything. Uh, to get in shape for this fight. So, yeah, it just looked like he, uh, you know, after his fight with Mickey Gall, he sat on the couch and just, you know, did the, you know, whatever, and then came in and took this fight. And, yeah, and he just didn't have enough gas in the tank to do anything meaningful. Um, You know, when the fight started, he got that takedown in the first round, and he uh, took uh, Tim Means back, and I thought, oh, wow, he almost submitted him. I'm like, wow, this Perry's looking good. And then he proceeded to just get, yeah, jab to death for the next two rounds. So, yeah, he definitely needs to uh, go back to the drawing board and uh, figure something out. Yeah, I would say so. Um, just disappointing all around. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe when he won that fight against Mickey Gall, he thought that uh, this is how it could always be for him. He did tweet at one point 
that he was like eight pounds over and that he just couldn't get his body. He couldn't get his body to sweat. He couldn't get sauna suit wasn't working. Nothing was working for him. Um, he, he's, he asked for the fight to be at a higher weight. That's when people were like, I think he's just screwing with us. I think he's just playing games. He's going to get on the scale, make weight. He's just taking us for a loop. And, um, when he missed weight, like you said, that's when you know this isn't a game anymore. Not that, like you said, we never suspected this is a game. We know the guy's out of his mind, but yeah. Um, back back to a drawing board. More back to a fight camp. It doesn't even matter which one at this point. I thought he was working down at AT and T. I thought he had some stuff figured out, but it doesn't look like he's doing anything. Nope. Just needs money for to pay his taxes. Yeah. Trying to pay back the IRS yeah. at the expense of his own tough. career. It's gonna be tough to pay him back if he doesn't have a contract with the UFC. So he better <laughs> uh, figure his shit out. Yeah, let's hope so. So good win for Tim Dirty Bird Means. Um, like I said, can't be too disappointed in him getting a win, but disappointing day to be a Platinum Perry podcast, unfortunately. Um, next up, we got Davis and Figueroa versus Alex Perez. I'll kind of lump in Valentina Shevchenko at the same exact time and just say these two title fights, you can't really glean too much information about anybody, about any of the winners, Figueredo and Shevchenko. I didn't really learn anything other than other that I didn't already suspect or know. I think specifically Figueredo, I knew he was a monster on the ground. I knew he would he was submission hunt by the way he submission hunted the first fight against Joseph Benavidez, almost armbarred him in the first minute of that fight. You're talking about one of the best jiu-jitsu guys in the in the company, let alone at flyweight. And um, he, part of his strengths in jiu-jitsu, in my opinion, is that he's so strong that he can kind of muscle you into position. And that's what he did to Alex Perez. Got him in that um, arm and guillotine and just squeezed the daylights out of him. I don't know, too much too soon for Alex Perez, but... And like I said, not necessarily the biggest challenge for Figueredo, but Figueredo is just a monster, man. Yeah, he is. I, and if, uh, if Brandon Moreno gets that fight, I don't see him being much of a challenge for Figueredo either. Um, I, I really would like to see the Cody Garbrandt fight. I think that makes the most sense right now. Or a Cejudo come back. That would be great too. Yeah. I think those are two awesome fights. I think there's, uh, you know, Figueredo, he's got some uh, some hype coming up and it might be, it might make sense for Cejudo to come back and uh, fight him one of these days. So uh, those are the two fights that I think I want to see most for Figueredo. Uh, but yeah, good performance. Like you said, it was it was quick. There's not a ton to be sad about it. He got the job done. Um, but I, I'd I'd want to see a big matchup for him. I want to see that Garbrandt fighter. I want to see uh, or I want to see Cejudo. I, I really don't. Brandon Moreno's been great. He looked great um, this weekend, but. I really want to see a big fight for Figueredo. Yeah, they need to find him somebody. I, I agree, the Garbrandt fight. So I have this written down in my news section. I'll just bring it up now. Um, Garbrandt, pulled, he, he dropped out of the fight because of a torn bicep, but he also said that he's dealing with COVID complications that he's had since August that include um, mental fog, and he had ne- severe pneumonia. And um, blood clots is what he said he's been dealing with since he had COVID in August. So I don't know if um, mental fog is COVID or from getting knocked out a few times or what's really going. I'm not sure. Or if he may be trying to cut down to 125. But it doesn't sound like if that fight does happen, it will happen soon. Which, 
that's the one I was trying to bleach my hair for, so I was hoping to be like rescheduled for March, but um, we'll see. I might have to bleach my hair in December now. I might have to bleach my hair in two weeks. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Back to Garbrandt. I hope he does come back and try to cu- and make the cut to 125 because, like you said, we need we need like a we need a a, a, a mini super fight, a 125 super fight. So and because we, I mean, Davis and Figueroa. I hope he stays busy, but. I'd love to see him fight at somebody who's actually going to be able to put up a challenge. Yeah, Figueredo's building some heat, and I don't want him to fall into the same, you know, Demetrius Johnson trap where he fights yeah. nobodies that nobody can get excited about and and kind of just goes falls into obscurity almost as just the 125 champion that nobody cares about. He needs he needs a big fight to uh to kind of keep propelling that that trajectory is on. Yeah, and he needs to beat a guy that everyone likes because Figueredo's he's he's a perfect villain that's why he's building that's why he's built the steam he has because he's like a bad guy he basically killed the 125 division when he missed weight and then beat Benavidez it was like the Joe Benavidez show and then he knocked him out and then he then he beat him again and like just violently almost took his life on tv and uh so he beat the guy he beat a guy everyone loved twice including UFC loved him and uh he just has that 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 little villain uh a little villain aura about him, and if you beat Garbrandt, then there's no question you're going to be a be on way more radars. So let's hope it happens. Let's just hope it happens. Um, I don't know what Cody Garbrandt's comeback schedule is like. If he, t- I I want to say he backed down a little bit from saying he tore his bicep. It might have been strained his bicep. So we'll see. Hmm. Um, maybe he's just scared. I don't. I'm. That's not me saying it. <laughs> I'm putting it out there, but that's not me saying it. I'm, Maybe though, I would be. Yeah, I I probably would be too. <laughs> I definitely would be, but yeah. So that's kind of a little side side note. Other than that, he looked great. Um, headlining his own pay per view. Um, I mean, Valentina Shevchenko in the co-main was to be expected. She won very easily. I think she won four rounds to one or whatever, whatever it was. I'm not sure, but um, Figueroa won in like a minute and thirty seconds. So, um. He's put on. He's put up some good fights. His last three fights have all been very dominant performances. Yep. All right. So to wrap. So to wrap that up. Um, like I said, there's. I guess I see why some people were a little underwhelmed by this card overall, but I thought it was all right. I didn't. I was. I thought it was had plenty of entertainment value. Like like we said before, maybe lacked a big name fight at the top of the card, but not horrible. Um, I wouldn't call it the worst pay-per-view of all time, which is kind of what was circulating around. That's the worst card of all time. It's kind of been thrown out like a hundred times in the last, since COVID started, but I wouldn't go that far, but um, uh, a little bit of an underwhelming card, but ended up delivering, I would say. Yeah. And I don't think it was the worst pay-per-view of all time. There's, there's some real, uh, you know, real shitty cards out there. This one uh, wasn't that, it wasn't great, but it wasn't the worst either. No, yeah, exactly. Um, another COVID card. They all run together. The pay-per-views are the same as the fight nights. It's all fight islands, and uh, it's all the same to me. So, um, Vegas yeah, card, did, did any fights fall off from COVID on this one? Uh, no, I don't think so. That's rare. I don't That's believe so. That's a good so. sign. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a fight you watch at a friend's house, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, back to that. Yeah, but uh, not not too bad. Yep. So we'll move on from that to our segments now. We will start with our uh, 
We'll start with our Isn't He Awesome. You, you, know, you, you, know, you know what Connor told me? He says, I want Khabib in Russia. <laughs> Is he fucking awesome? He's like, I want Khabib in Russia. Yeah. Connor McGregor is a fucking unicorn. There's nothing like him. And uh, he's, 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 he's working on boxing Floyd Mayweather. And then he's talking about Khabib in Russia right after. It's just, those are the kind of things that make that kid a fucking superstar. You know? I got guys telling me, eh, I don't want to do, 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 you know, fucking, I don't want to fight this guy and I don't want to do this. I want Floyd Mayweather and I want fucking Khabib in Russia. How do you not love him? How do you not love Conor McGregor? I'll start it this week. My isn't he awesome this week is Roy Jones and Mike Tyson, the fight that nobody asked for, but we're all probably somewhat intrigued by. Um, started out a little negative about this whole thing, but can't really complain. Two of my favorite fighters of all time. Um, getting back in there. Two of my favorite fighters of all time sharing the ring together. Um, I got to say it's pretty cool. I hope it all goes well. I hope nobody gets severely injured. I hope that nobody, um, you know, bites somebody's ear off or gets too violent. I will say this sneaky line here: we got Mike Tyson is a minus one seventy favorite, Roy Jones plus one fifty. I know he's a smaller guy. Roy Jones was fighting, actively fighting, two or three years ago. I think that's a huge advantage for Roy. Um, I know Mike looks great on the pads. I know he's definitely taking every steroid you can get your hands on, even though they claim their te- Watt is testing him. I don't believe that, but. Um, might be a sneaky play here. My bets are on Roy Jones, so I want to put that out there. But Roy Jones, Mike Tyson, two of my favorite fighters of all time. And um, I may just tune in at a friend's house to watch this fight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm definitely going to tune in. Um, it's definitely one you uh, you don't need to see, but uh, but if it's on, you're going to watch it, you know? Yeah, it, I mean, you, we're never going to see these guys fight it like they did we're never going to see these guys fight at the level they fought at at one time it's one of those things like it could go really well and we could all walk away with a good feeling or we could be tuned into a train wreck which also you're not going to want to look away from so (laughs) potential to go both ways here i'm actually hoping for everything to go nice and we all walk away with good feelings but i'm also tuning in because for there might be some chaos you never know yeah exactly so but all right. Well, I'm, I'll take it away here. My uh, my isn't he awesome? It's not the first time I've done him. Not probably not going to be the last. But Dana White is my isn't he awesome this week? I read an nice. article. I forgot where it was, what I read it on, but uh, there was an article out about how Dana White was chased out of Boston by Whitey Bulger. Um, I I had never heard this story before, but it was pretty interesting. I guess he um. He started like a boxing club with some guy for like uh, Dana did in Boston for like underprivileged kids and stuff to uh, get him in the gym and training and whatnot. And they they had uh, one kid who was pretty good who was starting to earn some money. And I guess uh, you know Whitey's goons came by and uh, said they needed to start paying the you know they would collect money that basically extort businesses and stuff back in the day. And, uh, so they tried to extort Dana said, you need to start paying your, uh, your fee to us. And, um, he kind of ignored him. He got a text, something saying, or got a call saying, you got to pay up. He he tried to ignore him. And he's like, they're like, this is, then eventually he gets another call. They're like, this is your last notice. Like we're going to pay you a visit if we don't have our money by tomorrow, which was like 2,500 bucks or something. And he's like, I guess he said he didn't have the money. So he got on a plane that night to Vegas and the rest is history.
Wow. No, I did not know that story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty crazy. Yeah, I don't know that it really surprises me either. He's just a, he's a guy that's always in a position for something like that to happen to him. He's just a, he's a lightning rod. Um, I, what's it called when they make you pay him for like protection, basically? I forgot what it's called. I don't know. It's been in a, in a bunch of movies, but Boston, classic town for that kind of stuff. So <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Look at him now. Look at him and look at Whitey Bulger. He could get Whitey Bulger stomped out if he wanted to. So, right. Um, who won? Who wins in the long run? I guess. <laughs> yeah, Dana White. Dana White is the man. Like we don't, we don't, we say it a lot. We don't say it enough. And that he's one of those guys where, when no matter what, everyone's gonna hate on him. But w- without giving him credit for anything he does right, so um, we clearly wouldn't be where we are today without. Um, what he's what he's done so can't say it enough Dana White podcast big Dana White podcast despite the haters so from there we'll move on to our call outs Brazil you're a dog all you filthy animals suck I got one thing to say Tyrell Woodley I'm coming for you if you don't answer the front door I'm gonna knock in and I'm gonna take what's mine that one to a bill um my call out is gonna be um uh two for one today I got horny MMA fans slash call out at the horny dudes slash MMA dudes and call outs at the same time. First and foremost, I'm going to start with the Pope currently being investigated by the Vatican for liking a Instagram horny picture of a girl's ass. And, uh, no one what? knows. So the Pope got Instagram like a couple years ago and, um, everything's been good. But then a week ago, he liked a picture of a girl's ass on Instagram um, Jeez, he just found those, uh, you know, the the accounts of like hot chicks and stuff. He just realized, like, wow, there's more more on this site than Jesus. Yeah, no, he found one of those accounts that's like an OnlyFans, um, at, that's like an advertisement for OnlyFans. Jeez, like, they probably hit him up in the messages, like, hey, Pope, you want? He fell for the ro- he, he fell for the robots. <laughs> He probably fell for the robot ad. Yeah. I don't know if you can see my screen. Definitely. But this is the... He fell for the robot ad that's like, I'm looking for something long and hard. But, or. <laughs> Hot, horny single in your area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, really? At the Vatican? Yeah, yeah, and he's waited a long time. So he accidentally hit that <laughs> like, smash that like button. He's currently being investigated by the Vatican. Jeez, um, give the guy a break. It's a good sign, if you ask me. To be quite honest, it's a good sign because it's a. Uh, she's you know, age. there's an alternative that uh, a lot of those pope types ju- seem to like. But is it just to throw off the trail? Is it maybe a dove? Is wow. this maybe like con- JLT conspiracy? JLT investigation. Wow, you're going deep here. It was to throw off the scent. It's like, well, I wouldn't doubt it. I, th- I like where you're going with that. I think you might be onto something. Yeah, well, it's like I'm I'm woke on it. I'm uh, I'm getting deep into the conspiracy. Let's just say they're not fooling me. But I do have another horny. This is horny MMA, and I have a conspiracy to tie this into to also. So, I listened to Anakin Florian whenever it came out uh, Sunday, well, Monday, whatever it was. Slipped under the radar. John Anik talking about uh, Valentina Shevchenko, and randomly out of nowhere, he says. Somebody marry this woman before I divorce my wife and marry her myself. I swear to God, he said that on his podcast. Wow, is he? 
Did he under investigation to be the uh, did he write the Horny the May fan? Did he write the post? Wow. Why did he it say that? It seems like he might have. Why did he say that? I'm I am absolutely. I, I mean, I turned my head and looked at my speakers like like they were going to answer me or like he was going to explain himself. Why did he say, somebody marry this woman before I divorce my wife and marry her myself? I, <laughs> that's wow, extreme. It, that's horny MMA fan. That's Patient bad. Zero. We all thought it was Joe Rogan, the guy he's sitting right next to. Turns out it was him all along. So Right. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm calling him out. He's the author of The Post. Also, strange thing to say. I don't know if it just slipped out of his mouth. I don't know. I mean, maybe next time he'll say it on the broadcast, but kind of throwing your wife under the bus a little bit there, right? Right, yeah. And why is he so concerned about Valentina Shevchenko getting married, too? Like, what, did she confide in him that, like, she's looking for a man or something? Or Yeah, and I I don't know. If I'm, if I'm Annick's wife here, I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So, yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, I'm deep in conspiracy. Horny, horny, horny people in general. I'm just, I'm on the case right now. I got the Pope and John Anik. So, um, two guys, Anik two guys. Everyone way thought excited could do no when wrong. she's, uh, when she does her dance. Anik gets very, very excited every single time. So you must love that dance. Yeah, two guys. Everyone thought could do no wrong. The Pope and John Anik. Turns out they're both, they're both flipping up. They're both getting, uh, getting sloppy. <laughs> but tough week for both of them. So, so, but we love. We love horny MMA fans showing up on the map. So this week it's Anik. Before it's been other guys. Um, the Pope is very horny right now. Got him. Uh, Jeffrey Tubin was very horny himself on Zoom. Um, it's amazing what happens to people when those chemicals start firing off in their brain. Once Valentina starts doing her her Russian dance. <laughs> but that's it for me. That's it for my callouts. Um, we'll 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 tune into the JLT investigation though. Uh, all right, and my my call-out's Anik's girl this week. It's Valentina Shevchenko. Um, you're one of the most dominant champions, and you go put in a performance like that. Uh, just a complete snoozer. You literally put me to sleep and the majority of people at my house. Let's see. I had maybe like seven people over watching the fights. Five of them were asleep during that fight. No joke. No joke. Terry and Pat were the only ones still awake by the end of the fight. I I was asleep. Um Pat's girlfriend was asleep. Terry's girl was asleep. Ashley was asleep. And I think Randy was asleep too. So no joke, like five out of seven people fast asleep. The fight was awful. Um, You are clearly a hundred times more skilled. Take this chick out. Like nobody is ever going to want to watch you fight. You're going to keep getting thrown on to weak pay-per-views to try to make it more sellable because it's a multi- belt fight or you're going to be fighting on free cards like it, it's unbelievable you're the most dominant one of the most dominant dominant champions in the uh, UFC currently and and you're just putting up complete snoozers like that against opponents you should be completely outclassing which I mean she did outclass her but it should be a finish like wh- what are you doing like you you're one of the best strikers uh out there right now and you're just uh putting up awful performances so I was uh highly disappointed I did need a rest um, it, it helped me out for, uh, you know, I woke up in time for, uh, Figueredo to watch that fight. So, uh, maybe it's just what I needed at that time, but, uh, I would, uh, would have rather stayed up for a good fight. Yeah. Um, I skipped this fight. It was too boring. It was just going on for way too long. Um, so I also was in, I didn't sleep protest it, but I did skip it. 
I was saving Biden my time to just in case Figueredo's fight lasted more than a minute, but it didn't. So yeah, um, yeah, she's had some good finishes too in the past. Actually, she's finished a few. She's finished some of her recent fights. She finished Caitlin Chuke again. She finished Jessica I. Um, she had a good like she had a pretty good fight with Joanna. She dominated her, and it wasn't it wasn't a snoozer. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened in this one. Um, I've heard speculation that maybe she's been working on her ground game more and that her wrestling and maybe judo or something that she wanted to incorporate. So um, her sister's fight was more exciting than hers. Way more exciting. Way more exciting. It's like I I get whatever, but it, this ain't the time to show it off. Um, mm-hmm. Show it off in a fight that matters. Like Jennifer Maya's a fight you should just dominate like – big deal you go out there and you wrestle her for five rounds like do something like you know you got to be exciting um it's already a tough division uh to watch much less if we have the champion who's the most dominant champion in the sport really just going out there and and laying on people for five rounds so yeah i wasn't i was pretty upset about it well i mean i wasn't upset at the time but now i am (laughs) you were sleeping at the time sleeping yep uh, let's hope she, she, I mean, they'll line somebody else up for her. Hopefully she gets back on track. Um, she has given us good finishes in the past, so we know she's capable. She's just so much better striker than everyone else. There's no reason to do anything else if they're not, if they're not, if you can stay off the ground, she should be like, she shouldn't be taking it to the ground, but, um, minus 13 on her favorite Jennifer Maya plus 850. Jennifer Maya had to grind her way to get there. Um, they all, it's going to be a, next. She, uh, she might get Andrade next. She might get, um, well, she won't get Calvillo next cause Chukagian beat her. Um, probably get, Je- probably get Andrade next. So, um, that fight should stay standing. Well, I don't know. Maybe she'll try to take her down too. I don't know. But, um, yeah, this was definitely a snoozer. This one won't be on her highlight reel, but so we'll move on from there to the news. We got, leading it off, we got Joaquin Buckley, um, possible ESPN Power Rankings top 20. I'm, I'm just throwing, I'm just making that up myself. I'm putting him in the top 20. The JLT Power Ranking top 20. Um, still works at Walgreens. Said he doesn't plan on quitting his job until he has his own business going. Um, kind of surprising that he works at Walgreens. Honestly, I, that's, a, right? <laughs> that's kind of a weird job. We were giving raw dog shit for being uh, working at 7-Eleven, and, and even he though quit we don't right know, away. We don't even know if he worked at 7-Eleven. We made that up. We did. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we made that up. Like I think you just said that <laughs> he's a he was a clerk at 7-Eleven. Oh yeah, I did make that up. <laughs> he he did. He just he said he had to get back to his job, and we just made up that it was 7-Eleven. I had put that into my brain as fact. And that he actually did work at 7-Eleven. I completely forgot that he that I made that up and that he was, just had a regular job to go to. But, um, yeah, Joaquin Buckley is at, working at your local pharmacy. I don't know if he's in the photo department or what, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> they, have, they still have photo departments. Huh? Unless he's a pharmacist, then I'd be real happy. Yeah, but nobody impressed. works there. It's just empty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um interesting though but yeah brandon royval was a worked at a juvenile detention center he was a security guard he was not <laughs> he was not a clerk at 7-eleven <laughs> the funny thing is i always pictured that too like after we started saying it, it was just <laughs> me too I, I i completely forgot it wasn't true <laughs> well 
The Joaquin Buckley one is, so I'll picture him in a in a tight Walgreens shirt. But back to <laughs> back to Joaquin Buckley, and um, this is probably the big story around him. Going to get him his next fight. Him and James Krause have beef. Um, what is the origin of this beef? I saw it going on in the comment section. Um, Joe Rogan actually was instigating the beef. He was bringing it up to him in his post-fight interview, trying to get him to call out James Krause. Something about a training. He was headhunting during training or something. I don't know exactly the whole origins of it, but they're going back and forth now. And uh, quite frankly, I think Joaquin Buckley kills him. But um, it's a good fight to make. Yeah, I, I want to see this fight. Yeah, Cross saying that. Uh, yeah, Buckley's been kicked out of every gym there is. That uh, yeah. he uh, goes hard on sparring partners and trying to knock them out and whatnot. Uh, Buckley completely denies that. Uh, I don't know. It's probably somewhere in the middle would be my guess. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's the fight that I want to see. So yeah, definitely seems like the fight to make. So I'm ready for it. Yeah, and what he, Buckley clearly wins this fight probably by devastating knockout again. Krause yeah, is crafty, but guess. I don't think I don't think he's on that level. I'm guessing Buckley knocked out Krause in sparring, and that's where this beef comes from. Could be. Could be. Either way, it seems like it's revving up. So um that's the fight to make there. Um next up we got Anderson Silva's been released by the UFC, and um promotions are refusing to sign him or saying that they won't sign him. Bellator, PFL, and one all publicly stating that they will not sign him to fight. Um why would they not sign him, and what was he interested in signing? Or are they just like, hey, we don't want to piss off the UFC. We don't want to become yeah. little enemies with Dana. Apparently, I was reading that uh, Anderson that the UFC released Anderson, which I yep. I didn't I hadn't heard about, but uh, yeah, yeah I guess did. they released Anderson, and um, so he's available to sign with another organization. But Bellator said they're not interested in in going that direction. Um, I think P. I think they actually PFL might have said something, or one might have. It was I think it was one actually said something about, um, you know, fighter safety being their top priority, and wow. uh, yeah, I mean, which is pretty surprising. Like, have you watched any of his most any of his recent fights? Like, he would still crush most of the people in these organizations. I would assume, uh, he mm-hmm. you know he's put up good fights against some of the best in the world recently. He hasn't won them, but he hasn't been outclassed. I don't think there's a safety issue whatsoever especially fighting who they would give him in Bellator or PFL or one. So, I mean, I, I don't really get it. Um, you know, it seems like a, a tailor-made, you know, match for uh, for Bellator there. But, uh, yeah, yeah, for whatever reason, they're all all stating that they don't want to, uh, to sign him. So it's kind of – it was surprising to me, but uh, I'm sure someone will pick him up eventually. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not going out on a limb here and saying this. I'm not being controversial, but I am absolutely shocked Bellator is not trying to sign him right now. This is yeah. this is Bellator. Maybe maybe he's not even old enough for Bellator yet. Maybe I they're afraid Scott of winning Coker, his belt. <laughs> yeah, right. I think Scott Coker, though, I think he's trying to get away from that. They've got a lot of – Bellator's got some young talent with, like, Pico and – McKee, yeah. uh, you know, some of those guys that I think they're trying to uh, to kind of grow like, you know, homegrown fighters that, uh, you know, are, you know, potentially could go on a run, you know, and rival UFC type guys. But uh, I mean, it's not like 
nobody's watching that. We want to watch Anderson Silva crush some cans, like set him up versus Michael. Like you set up Michael Benham Page and let like let him go. <laughs> yeah, we want to see we want to see Anderson Silva fight Fedor at heavyweight. <laughs> no training. Yeah, exactly. Anderson Silva I'd versus Rampage. Anderson Silva versus Rampage at, high, yeah. at heavyweight. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Big I Anderson don't versus MVP. Hey, he could he could probably give MVP some serious problems. So, um, probably beat him. Yeah, well, MVP's fought one real fight and he lost. So, I mean, I mean, it, 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 they pull the janitor out of the stands and have him fight MVP at these events. So. <laughs> They have him. They have an Uber driver bring him to the stadium and just walks inside and fights him and then leaves. So um, <laughs> yeah. Anderson Silva would probably clown him. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm sh- I'm surprised to hear that that Bellator isn't chasing him. But maybe maybe they'll let the hype die down. And if he hasn't signed anything, um, let's hope he doesn't go to bare knuckle. But I have to say, I'd be curious to see it. But oh, I'd watch. Anyhow, uh, oh yeah. Uh, Francis Ngannou frustrated wasting his prime waiting for another UFC heavyweight title shot. Um, I just heard today that he said he he's 100% open to a fight with uh, Rumble Johnson at heavyweight. Um, just wants to fight, it sounds like. And who could blame him when he's only had about three minutes of total octagon time in the last three years? Yeah. Yeah, I, I get where he's coming from. He's clearly the... Uh you know, number one contender in the heavyweight division, and he's uh, having trouble getting a fight for the title. I, I get it. Stipe is the champion. Stipe already beat him, but uh, there's no one that deserves that next shot more than Francis, so you got to give him the fight at some point. Yeah, absolutely. And what are they? What were they setting up for Stipe next? Um, didn't they say it was... And then they say they were going to get Stipe set up for the rematch with Francis? Um, I think so, way. but we just haven't seen it you know, yeah. come to fruition. So pen's uh, they need to get paper. moving on that. Yeah. The pen's got to hit paper. You never know, especially in the, in the UFC. So yeah, I'd like to see it. He says he's open to a, a heavyweight shot with Rumble Johnson. Um, I think he probably assumes it'd pretty be a easy win for him. I'm not sure, but um, got good fight here coming up. Chaos Williams versus M- Michelle Pereira. Um, UFC Vegas 17 on December 19th. This is a, this is textbook. Perfect matchmaking. Two dudes completely out of their minds. This fight will be good. This fight will be entertaining. Um, Michelle Perea proved in his last few fights that he's when he's not clowning around, he actually has a ton of skill, um, ton of talent. Um, this fight is a this is a really good fight. I really like this fight. As soon as I saw this got get get um, announced, I was like, wow, that's that is smart matchmaking right there. Yeah, agreed. Really, really good matchmaking. Uh, you know, this one gets me excited. Probably, you know, one of the fights that I see coming up that, uh, you know, probably top five, top three fights that I, I'm, you know, most excited for coming up here in the f- near future. Absolutely. So next up, um, we got a few things here, kind of shining a silver lining on our boy Mike Perry, Platinum Podcast, and your Isn't He Awesome, Dana White. First of all, Tim Means saying Mike Perry was sending him DMs, eating pizza and onion rings. And I heard cheeseburgers also before UFC 255 and sending him DMs like, hey, bud, how's the weight cut going? Um, this is awesome. This is classic textbook Platinum Perry. This is why he's on thin ice instead of completely cut off. This is our guy. This is uh, this is what we need out of him. But then he needs to show up and do the other part. He slipped. He didn't get it done. But that's classic uh, 
Classic Platinum Perry. Love to see that. And then Dana White commenting on him that he's uh, Mike Perry's always fun, always tough and fun to watch. Um, what I really like about Mike Perry, tried to win that fight. He's fun to watch. I don't, I don't know what that means, where he goes after UFC 55, but he's a fun fighter. Um, I'm taking this as a good thing. I didn't hear him say it. He said it to M- MMA Mania. Um, I'm hoping that this is good news, right? That he's... Yeah, he's, it sounds sounds like good news for Mike Perry. Like it doesn't sound like he's... Yeah, exactly. It seems like he's going to have to, you know, going to have to fuck up quite a few m- more times before uh, before he's on thin ice with Dana, so... Yeah, he's st- um, sticking up for his boy. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Which, I get it. Uh, Mike Perry's a good draw. I don't think they really pay him. Pro- they, You know, they probably got a good deal on him, mm-hmm. so uh, I don't think they pay him as much as he brings in, really. Um, you know, he's a good name to put on these cards and, you know, fight just about anyone. So yeah, yeah. Dana's definitely gonna, gonna stick by him. Yeah. And that's great news. Um, we're a Dana podcast. We're a Platinum Perry podcast and we're just better off if all our, all our different entities are in cahoots with one another on the same page with one another. Be, be, it would suck to pick sides between if a beef broke out between Dana and Platinum Perry. I'm not going to say whose side we'd have to take, but, um, it wouldn't be, it'd be hard be tough yeah so i'm glad i'm glad they're in cahoots like we're all great great minds think alike so that's good news um i believe oh i got a few more things on the news here um this is actually breaking news about an hour ago michael chandler tweeted fight camp starts tomorrow update soon so michael chandler will have a fight i'm assuming announced probably tomorrow um, it won't be Tony versus Charles or Tar- Tony or Charles Oliveira because that fight has been confirmed. I believe it's on the McGregor Poirier card. I only see Justin Gaethje left. Who else is there? Maybe Paul Felder. That's yeah. the fight everyone yeah, really Gaethje wanted. Or, yeah, Gaethje or Felder. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be, I'd be, you know, definitely down to watch either of those. So, I'm thinking, I'm thinking after he saw the Felder RDA fight, he might think he could deploy a similar game plan to Felder if Felder took the fight. I kind of had written Felder off because he wasn't really training to fight, but I could see him wanting to double up. Had a good good showing against RDA. Maybe he wants to jump in against another top guy. Maybe this is his chance to kind of make another run. So um, I don't know about a Gaethje matchup as your first fight in the UFC. I don't know where Gaethje's at or what he's planning, but that's a whole different ballgame in itself. But we'll find out soon, but it won't be – Tony Ferguson, who a lot of people kind of speculated it would be. Yeah, I mean, if I if I'm uh, if I'm taking a fight, I'm I'm choosing Felder over Gaethje. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, I'm choosing anybody anybody over Gaethje. But that's not to say a guy like Chandler's mindset isn't completely different. It does. I want to fight the top guy, and then I can be the top guy. But um, I think Felder would be a better step one. But we'll find out soon enough. Um, here's a little curveball. Khabib has a mystery meeting with Dana White today. I don't know what it's about. It's definitely not. Well, don't let me say definitely not about fighting Michael Chandler, but, um, I don't know. I just kind of had some speculation on what this meeting could be about. Um, he keeps tweeting like, don't believe, or Instagram posting. And it's like a picture of him training. And it's like, don't believe the rumors. I'm not coming back. Um, there's always going to be rumors about me coming back and they're not true, blah, blah, blah. But, Meeting with Dana White today. What could that be about? Yeah, I don't know. I don't Mystery know. It's meeting. probably Dana. I'm guessing it's Dana begging him to come back and him probably telling him no. Dana's like, I've already told stand. you, Dana. 
Yeah, I already told you it's, I'm done, and he's probably like, but please, please, I need you to fight Conor McGregor. <laughs> That's the only fight he wants, too. He just wants the McGregor <laughs> rematch. You have to do it. And you know what? Another call-out here, off-the-cuff call-out. DC, Daniel Cormier, uh, Khabib's teammate here. First guy I heard after Khabib retired, he's like, oh, I think if they put enough money in front of him, he'd fight Conor McGregor again. And I was like, that's kind of weird that his own teammate's not really supporting him in a retirement because he literally just retired. Now DC's like, oh, as soon as he retired, I knew he was done. I knew he was – Khabib's not going to go back on that. So I caught his ass flip-flopping there. Um, I didn't hear anyone else call him out for it because the only guy that was talking to him was Ariel Hawani, and he's a spineless coward. He's not going to call him out. But um, – <laughs> I saw that coming from a mile away. First guy to first guy to say, well, I think if they backed up the Brinks truck, like he'd come back for one more. And uh, now he's like, no, I knew the second he retired that he was done. So that was a flip-flop. Um, but, yeah, I don't think Khabib's fighting again, quite frankly. But I don't know. He's act, been acting a little mysterious, a little more mysterious yeah. than he used to. So I don't know. I, I Like I said, I think he's done as well. But uh, but you never know. It might just be me hoping that he's done. Um but we'll see. The only the only Khabib hater that isn't a Conor McGregor lover is uh I think it's you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll so, take that title. Yeah. The one and only not not <laughs> Conor McGregor lover that hates Khabib. That's a Khabib hater. You are the only middleman. But it might not be a good thing because <laughs> you get piled on by both sides. Right. But I can actually get you out of trouble there because my brother found this at the store and got it for me last weekend. It's the uh, the Conor McGregor action figure. Oh, wow. Look Guess at what, that. Dude? It's on clearance. It was on clearance. Wow. So maybe Conor's power – that's why Conor's power ranking is number three and not number one. Yeah, you don't, you're not the number one in the power rankings and your, your action figure's on clearance. Nope, can't be. Cannot be. So, I mean, I could be accused of being a Conor lover. So if I hated Khabib, everyone would be like, oh, you're just a McNuggets lover. But anyways – um so other than that i don't know what's going on in the lightweight division there's a lot of chaos the dust will settle soon michael chandler's fight announcements coming out soon i'm sure i'm very curious to see who he's fighting i'm be happy to see him get a fight he's now been signing the ufc for quite a while so without a fight so um i'm i mean just running through it here i'm thinking i'm thinking paul felder might want another run so i would that's the one i'd like to see but other than that i got Oh, Peter Yan, Aljamain Sterling fight rescheduled. That's a huge bummer, especially for Aljamain Sterling, who I think's waited a long time and was probably as focused as he's ever been. Sucks. Sounds like it's rescheduling and for February. But other than that, that's all I got for news. Um, any other news? We got Mike Tyson and Roy Jones over the weekend, if anyone's interested in that. Um, Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson. I already bet on Nate Robinson. You can get a pretty good... Um, pretty good line on him um like i think he's up to like plus 185 so um i have no info for that but other, otherwise i just bet on him because mm -hmm. i hope he i hope he wins so anyhow we will move on then to our preview we got black beast fight week not to get lost in the in the rest of the shuffle here our boy black beast versus our other guy curtis blades blades big favorite here minus minus 360 Derek lewis plus 300 think this line's about perfect i hate to say it for our boy black beast but this fight is kind of textbook trouble for him but on the feet might be a pretty even matchup 
Yeah, uh, problem is it, it's probably not going to be on the feet for long. Um, you know, when I first see this fight, I, I kind of think like, all right, well, power punchers, Francis Naganu, t- tons of power and has beaten Blades twice, seems to be Blades kryptonite. But Derek Lewis isn't the same striker Francis Naganu is. It seems like Curtis Blades is susceptible to getting blitz and overwhelmed at the very start of a fight. Uh, Derek Lewis isn't going to do that. Derek Lewis backs, you know, he kind of uh, gives up the center of the cage, backs up against the fence, which is prime time for Curtis Blades to hit a takedown. Uh, um, there's going to be a lot of getting taken down, a lot of Derek Lewis trying to get back up, and uh, not a lot of opportunities for, for uh, Lewis to land that big bomb. So, yeah, I mean, I think Curtis Blades is, uh, is a big favorite here, but, you know, he's got to do it for five rounds. This is a five-round fight. Uh, Derek Lewis, he may be live in the, uh, you know, round five, you know, we've seen him, uh, carry that power late in these fights. So it could get interesting late if it gets that far. Derek Lewis, not, not a blitzer in the first round, second round, come out with the flying knee. Yeah, he will blitz. That's true. He will blitz later on. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I, I agree hundred percent. This is not a great matchup for him. Um, it would take a pretty hefty amount of chaos and that's why it's at, he's at plus 300, um, love the guy. Uh, I don't think this law. Lo- I don't think a loss here really hurts him too badly. Um, Blades is just a guy that's pretty efficient in finishing guys off. But um, what I was wondering about about this fight here, do you think they realized that they were going to have to skip Thanksgiving dinner because they're probably going to be mid cut? Um, if they if they cut, I don't know. Derek Lewis does he cut or he's been trying to stay in better shape? Do you think they realized they were going to have to skip Thanksgiving dinner here? Cause that seems like, uh, probably not. Yeah. I mean, Derek Lewis definitely cuts weight. He usually comes in at like right on the dot, like two sixty five or two sixty, whatever the, the heavy yeah, weight limit is. Um, Cause I'm thinking, I'm thinking if I'm, if I'm a fighter, I'm wanting to get it done the week before Thanksgiving. I never know when Thanksgiving is. So I, if I'm thinking November 28th is a late Thanksgiving, but if I'm, if I'm a, a fighter, I'm like, yeah, maybe it's a couple, maybe it's the Thursday after. I don't know. I don't know. So that'd be perfect. Having a miss Thanksgiving, that's going to be hard. But I got Curtis Blades in this one. Love Black Beast. Love his body of work. He may be able to just get up a couple times, but I just think the pressure is going to be uh, It's going to be tough for him. Curtis Blades loves to lay that ground and pound. That's going to be, it's going to be a rough matchup for um, Derek Lewis. But excited about the, possi- about, about the possibilities in the fight. So move on. We got Anthony Smith versus Devin Clark. Anthony Smith is a minus 140 favorite. Devin Clark's plus 120 underdog. This is just a matter of how far do you fade Anthony Smith. He's now into the middlings of of 205. Devin Clark has showed some promise. Devin Clark beat Alonzo Minefield and or Menafield. And that was his last that was his last fight against a guy who's a huge power puncher. Um, I guess the question is. Are you fading Anthony Smith, and why is your answer yes? Um, honestly, I'm just I, I don't think I don't think I am. Um, I think uh, Anthony Smith can beat Devin Clark. Yeah, uh, minus one forty seems like a decent price tag too. Um, as much as I I want to fade Anthony Smith, he beats guys like Devin Clark, so I I think he should get the win here. He always gives you hope. He always gives you hope, and then he gives you hope, and then he beats an old legend, and you're like, oh well, you know you know what, he's kind of on a run here, and then they put him against a real contender, and he gets he literally gets his head caved in. 
And then uh, he goes back down against these middlings, and he does well. So, yeah, I mean, I think at the very least appropriately priced. I don't know who I would take here, but I, I kind of had a feeling Anthony Smith has uh, has potential here. Although I could see him being on the tail end of his career, and, or the backside at least, and kind of having another slide and Devin Clark doing well. But hard to say. Um, one question for you. Did you leave off Rafael Fizez versus uh, Renato Moicano because you don't want that line to get shifted on because you like that he's an underdog? Uh, no, it's off. Uh, Moicano's got COVID. Oh, no. News to yeah. me. <laughs> That's not cool. You were gonna st- you were gonna take the dog in that one, weren't you? Uh yeah, I had Moicano. Um, I I really liked Moicano in that fight. Um, I had bet him too already. So, um, but yep, it's no longer going on. It's it's rescheduled for two fifty six currently. All right, well we'll keep an eye on that one. Fazev did look really good in his first fight, but again that was one fight. Looked like a world beater. Moicano's been in the game a little while, but um, yeah, that's news to me. So after that, we got Miguel Baeza. Chocolate Thunder or Caramel Thunder versus uh, Takashi Sato. This fight is Miguel Baeza minus 150, Takashi Sato plus 130. I uh, sent you something about this fight like a week ago. I like the dog in this fight. I kind of think Miguel Baeza is um, kind of an overhyped prospect, in my opinion. I think he's like 8-0. He had a really tough fight against Matt Brown over the summer. He ended up getting a finish. That made it all look good, but he was hurt bad a couple times. Um, I like the value on Sato here. What do you think about this one? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I think if, uh, you know, Sato, if he gets him hurt, he's not going to let him back in the fight. So um, Sato, he, you know, he's he's surprisingly uh, got has power and uh, does a good job at finishing guys. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, that could be a good underdog play there. Yeah, I think there's a couple good underdog plays on this card, So, uh, but that's probably my favorite one. Um, again, plus 130, and Baeza being minus 150. I just I just felt like I didn't I didn't see the hype from Baeza in this fight I saw. I don't know. I've been wrong in these positions before, but kind of the eye test, the vibe test. Um, next up, my guy, guy I love, love him to death, the Alpha Ginger Spike Carlisle versus Bill Algeo. Here's another one. Love Spike Carlisle, one of my favorite personalities in the in the UFC, even though he hasn't been here long. Um, I'm a little dubious of this minus 170 price tag over Bill Algeo. I get it that Spike Carlisle is huge and powerful and strong. He puts on a huge blitz in the beginning, and he generally gasses out quickly. Bill Algeo put up that really good fight against Ricardo Lamas. Um, Lamas is another guy that's super strong, super powerful, and he – couldn't put Algeo away, and uh, I think it kind of lines up the same way because I see I see Spike Carlisle coming out like a bat out of hell again. Um, no disrespect to his religion. I probably wouldn't like that comparison, but um, I see him coming out ferociously to fight Bill Algeo's demons, and uh, if you can't put him away quick and he doesn't seem like a guy that gets put away too easily, I could see Algeo stealing this fight at plus 150. Yep, completely agree. I, I really like Bill Algea at plus 150. Um, not saying it's a lock or anything, but plus 150, I think that's a really good line. Um, you know, Ricardo Lamas is a lot better of a fighter than Spike Carlisle, and uh, Bill Algea fought him really tough. Um, yeah, I, I like Bill Algea. He was uh, he was a dog in that fight versus Ricardo, Ricardo Lamas. 
Um, I don't want to look too much into one fight, but uh, I think uh, LGO has the uh, the skills to match up against Carlisle. I'd put this closer to a 50-50 fight, uh, a toss-up. So if I can get plus 150 on Bill LGO, I'm going to take it. Absolutely. And by the way, I love Spike Carlisle. I say it a million times, Spike Alpha Ginger Podcast. I think he is in the runnings to truly be the Alpha Ginger of the UFC, but um, I just think this line is I just don't know where I don't know where they come up with that, but um, it will. This will. This fight will be fireworks. This could easily be JLT fight of the night, no question. So, no matter oh, what, yeah. tuning into this one for sure. Um, next up, this fight won't be fight of the night. We got Gina Mazzani versus uh, Rachel Ostovich. Um, Gina Mazzani minus one thirty-five. Rachel Ostovich plus one fifty. Another one where. I feel like nobody should be the favorite in this fight, so I'm going to say I'd probably just take the underdog for the hell of it because Gina Mazzani has been terrible in her last few fights. She's another one. I don't even know if she's actually training or not. Who knows? Um, Rachel Ostovich is also not good at all, so hard to say here. I don't know what your feelings are in this fight, but uh, again, Rachel Ostovich plus 115, Gina Mazzani minus 135. Yeah, I I just I like the way Rachel Ostovich looks, so I'm going with her. Um, she she beats she beats uh, Gina Mazzani in a beauty contest, that's for sure. Um, I'll go horny MMA fan for Rachel Ostovich. You won't be alone. Let's just say you. There's pretty much a 24/7 cycle for that. Um, yeah, so you're taking the dog then. So that's another dog yeah. play. So we're here. We go. We're on back-to-back-to-back dogs. The dogs are barking this week. That's ba- that said, one's I, based on nothing. Well, it's based on something. But we've been we've been on fire with these uh, women's underdogs, uh, oh, so I I'm, think we'll keep it going on this one. I uh, months ago, in my younger years, when I was a much less worldly man, I had a do not bet on women's MMA policy, and now I'm I'm almost only betting on women's MMA. You just got to figure out the algorithm. You know how confident I was that Caitlin Chukagian was going to beat Cynthia Calvillo? I was 100% sure. I knew it was going to happen. That's like plus 210. That's crazy. Uh, we yeah, that, that line was completely based on was completely fight. based on her saying like she's about ready for retirement. True. Like and not even based on the, her last fight. It was just based on her saying that she was done and then fighting six weeks later or having a foot many the weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. She, so. Uh, yeah, I mean that that fight was closer to a pick 'em probably, and we ended up getting a real good value on it because because uh, she said she was done and she wasn't. Yep, which usually is when they usually when they say they're done though that is a huge red flag. But I still figured that they were basing it off of her her last fight not finished not going great, and then Calvillo looking like a world beater against Jessica I, who was basically passed out on the canvas because she tried to cut like more weight than Platinum Perry. So. Um, yeah, I mean, that was, I'm, I'm almost exclusively betting women's MMA the week before who were my two. Oh, when you said take two out of three underdogs, I'm like, you know what? He's onto something there. And I took, uh, the Hobbit and, uh, the other one. So I'm like, I went from do not bet women's MMA to exclusively betting women's MMA. I'm your <laughs> one-stop shop for women's MMA picks. And I got another one for you here. Norma Dumont plus 110, Ashley Evan Smith minus 130, leaning underdog here again. Uh, Norma Dumont, I think we've only seen her once again on the uh, the first Benavidez Figueredo fight against Megan Anderson to secure Megan Anderson's title shot that she may eventually get against Nunez. 
Norma Dumont was having a good fight there until she got literally sat down by a straight right from Megan Anderson. Ashley Evans-Smith is terrible. She doesn't have quite the same power. So I would lean, again, for another underdog, women's underdog. Um, um, also, Norma Dumont, and I'm not saying this to be a horny MMA fan, but like first team, all thickness. Um, you'll know exactly what I mean when you see this for yourself. Again, not even being a horny MMA fan, just, I mean, she definitely squats. So <laughs> any other fights on here you've uh, – that stick out to you before we get into our fighters to watch. Yeah, no, not really. Um, those are the those are the only fights here that stick out. Um, but yeah, we got a few a few fighters to uh, to keep an eye on. First fighter on the fighters to watch here. We got <laughs> we got Porky we got Porker Porter. Yeah, Porker Porter. He's uh, yeah. I mean, he's just he's he's only on there just strictly because of his size. I mean, he is massive. He is Porky. And you know what? Plus 190. I don't know anything about Josh Parisian. Do you know anything about Josh Parisian? It looks like he's a coming no. off a contender series. He's coming off a contender series win. Porky Portley's stock is low because of his because of his showing against fellow chonk boy, um, Chris Dawkus. Chris Dawkus turned out to be pretty legit. So maybe Porky Portley's um, stock might have taken a deeper hit than it wanted than it should have. I'll have to look into Josh Parisian, but there might be value at the plus 190 spot. I'm not just trying to sell everybody dogs here, but um, I don't know anything about Josh Parisian, but maybe we were a little hard on Porky Porter last time because he is a uh, a Porky fella. But um, yeah, I mean, you don't that, you don't bet against you don't bet against Mass like that. <laughs> yeah, you do not. And like I said, yeah, he got put away quick by Chris Dawkins, but he. He got some shots off of his own. I was a little nervous early on in that fight. I do remember being like, man, which one of these fat guys is going to win? And Chris Dock has turned out to be the real deal and the keeper of his brother. So, um, Yeah, Josh Parisian, Parisian, I'm looking at pictures of him. He is thick as well. So, I mean, he's he's definitely in, on team, you know, the fat boy MMA, as we call it, or heavyweight MMA, as we call it. Um, he's in the fat so. boy division. Yeah, he goes pound for pound with Parker Porter from the looks of it. Ooh. There might be value there on uh there might be there on the porkster. I don't know. I lost so many oh man, he's a large boy. Yeah, I lost so many bets this last weekend too, because I didn't have I mean, I was at, I was not checking them, so I was didn't have time to like adjust things as the good night went on. So I'm looking for a big bounce back. Maybe that's why I'm so thirsty for all these underdogs. So there's a lot going on here. I had like D Day of of betting like I had a I had a rough weekend of betting so um last up we got Zagula Zumagulov um he is fighting Amir Albezi this is a pick'em fight so uh we saw Zagulov on the Masvidal on 251 Masvidal Usman against Rulon Pavia I don't even remember who won that fight um uh Pava uh Pava won um and it was Zumagulov he He's kind of known it for throwing a lot of volume, and he just didn't throw any volume. He just didn't let his hands go. Uh, I think maybe it was UFC jitters. Um, Zuma Gulov, he, has a, he had a really good career at Fight Night Global. I think he was the champion over there. And, um, and yeah, I think this could be a bounce back for him. I remember Zuma Gulov now. Yeah, that, that's a face you don't forget. So um, 
Looking for a bounce back there. What I say, that's a pick em, So that'd be another fight to get good value on if you think he's going to win. Um, minus 110 both ways here. Um, Bovada, which is what I usually use, actually has Zumagulov as a, as a minus 120 favorite, slight favorite. So um, look for him to bounce back here. Other than that, I don't see any fighters on here, other fighters on here that I want to point out. Um, just a pretty uh, decently solid card. We got a, We got an update. Uh, Zumagulov pulled from UFC on ESPN 18, so oh. that fight is no longer on. Well, there's about 10 other underdogs um, that I'm going to be playing, so I mean, I'm going banger bust this weekend. I'm going all in. I'm either going to be living yeah. in the penthouse or living in the sewers. I'm excited for it. <laughs> yeah, it definitely puts a little extra extra um, excitement on the uh, our boy – our boy Curtis Blades and our boy Black Beasts um, headlining event. So uh, also it'll probably be just a good weekend for sports in general. Obviously we didn't have to say anything bad about the Bears this weekend because they didn't play, but a lot of good football games. So um, this will kind of cap it all off. So all right. Other than that, I don't know if you got anything else you want to part with, but um, that's about it for the week. Yeah, um, uh, I don't got anything else. Um, uh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, forgot I forgot all about that. Yeah, we got Thanksgiving. We got all sorts of stuff going on. So, um, everybody enjoy their Thanksgiving. That'll do it for us. We will be back to recap our Blades Lewis card. Hopefully, all these underdogs hit. We do have another card immediately after that to preview. We got Holland Hermanson next week. Um. Return of Betch Cohea. I thought she retired. She's back next week. I don't know what's going on with that. We did best of Betch Cohea, and she's already back, so we might have to do it again. But otherwise, that'll do it. We'll be back next week. We'll see you all later. Peace. Speak of the Portuguese, so I cannot translate from the corner. Speak of the Portuguese, uh, that's Japanese, bro. Oh, really? Thank you. Watch me do my thing. It's okay. I got my shaker hogging up the lane. It's okay. I'm a boss. I can make it rain. It's okay. You can fuck with me. Watch me do it. Stop, homie. I go to jail.
hell if I get sacked. Yeah. So block for me. Eight ball in my corner pocket. It's on and popping. Got the whole club leaning with it. And body rocking. Drunk driving in my cut dog. I got my truck ball. 72 Tennessee Titan. Like, what up, y'all? I'm on boy. I'll let your home boy. Better come quick. Once I get it, then it's gone, boy. First come, first serve. Forget what you heard. I'm piecing out my back till I get what I deserve. Smoke out my nose. Pimpin